Hello, everyone, and welcome into Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys, joined by my co-host, Gage Bertovich. Gage, how you doing? Doing great, Brent. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, ready to pick some of these Week 13 matchups. We're already at Week 13 of the season. And that's incredible. It's like we just started this whole pick thing, and the NFL season, it feels like we were still in preseason last week. It's like those commercials. Uh, the the season's winding down, and before you know it, the cold night in Buffalo is just going to be a cold night in Buffalo. You know, <laughs> I, I see that commercial like uh, once a day, maybe every other day, and I'm like, you know what? It's probably the truest commercial there is. It is. Uh, so last week, uh, our picks. I went twelve and four last week. Pretty good. You. On the other hand, you went 12-4 and four as well. Huh. Look at that. All right, let's go. That's a good week for both of us there. Uh, all six, you know, all 32 teams in action, so 16 games, and we made our picks before Thanksgiving, so we were on a roll last week. Let's see if we can do it again this week. Let's try and keep this up. So right now, uh, as of recording, the Cowboys are facing the Seahawks Cowboys are up 17 to 7 with Seattle just now running into the end zone as soon as I say that with a touchdown. Charbonnet scores. Uh, Cowboys are up 17 13 with an extra point pending. Gage, what do you think about that matchup going on right now? Well, it's been interesting to see uh, the matchup a little bit. I kind of thought the Cowboys would be running away with this one a little bit more. Um, there was a little bit ago the Seattle kicker missed a field goal to try and uh, make it 10 to 10 at that point. I thought it was interesting how quick the delay of game call came in. Cause usually you see like the play clock hit double zeros and then it teams usually get an extra second or so, but it wasn't like that. There was like, as soon as it hit double zeros, boom flag. And then you see the replay of Pete Carroll trying to get down, yell timeout. Um, the play clock doesn't end up getting reset before the kick. So I think they spotted the ball at like 15 seconds. Just an all-around, like, weird sequence of events that happened there. But besides for that, DK Metcalf um, scoring a long touchdown on a quick slant. Nice to see him get back into it. Nice to see Gino kind of get into a rhythm. Like you said, they just scored a, a touchdown with Charbonnet to make it 17-14. This is actually turning into a better game than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah, me too. I thought that this was, like you said, the Cowboys would run away with it, and it's not that way. Seattle's not rolling over. And we're early in the second quarter, so this thing, no telling how many points are going to be scored in that one. Like you said, Pete Carroll, after that delay of game, he was not happy at all. And uh, DK Metcalf with that touchdown, that is the thing with Deron Bland, who set a record for most pick sixes in a season in NFL history last week. He's all or nothing, pretty much. He, 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 if he doesn't get his hand on it or tip it, he's got a good shot of getting burned, and that's what happened in that play right there with DK Metcalf. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit of Trayvon Diggs a couple years ago when he had, uh, yes. I for, I think it was double-digit interceptions, but he also led up and felt like double-digit touchdowns. Yes, that's 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 the thing with those cow. Something about the Cowboys secondary, I guess. It's a home run or it's a, it's a strikeout, you know. Yeah, whoever the uh, defensive back coach is, there, he, he, roller coaster of emotions throughout the season. Yeah, pick six. <laughs> oh, they let up a touchdown. Yeah, it, you know it's, but it's going to be exciting one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into our picks, I will give you the floor to. Talk about the game last week between the Bengals and the Steelers uh, and let you take a victory lap. <laughs> I I just want to say that I am honored to have this moment and that I'm very appreciative last week when we did the picks that you actually took Pittsburgh. Um, And, you know, I said that, you know, especially early in the season, I didn't know how this offense was going to look with Matt Canada and that I wasn't going to pick the Steelers as long as they had Matt Canada. Matt Canada goes away. I pick the Steelers and they win. Coincidence? I don't know. But, I mean, only scoring 16 points kind of sucked. But, you know, when the Bengals are the first team in 58 games to allow Pittsburgh to go for 400 yards or more, it's a step in the right direction, and it feels like a win-win. 
Uh, who knew? You just had to throw to Pat Firemuth, right? Yeah, it's crazy what can happen when you get the tight end involved and you throw the ball over the middle of the field. Whoa! Yeah, it's, it's you know, maybe if Canada would have done that a little bit more, he might still be the coordinator there, but that's why he's not anymore. Well, it's crazy that Firemuth, not only he led the team last week in receiving yards, I think he had 120, 121. But he only led the team, and he led the league last week in receiving yards. So it's like, wow, this Kenny to Firemuth connection, look what it can do. It can put up some yards. So uh, we'll see how they can do uh, for the rest of the season without Canada. Funny you mentioned the uh, me picking Pittsburgh last week. So at Thanksgiving dinner, my sister brought up the fact she listened to the podcast, and she's like, yeah, uh, you're not a true Bengals fan if you don't pick the <laughs> Bengals, and you're picking Pittsburgh of all teams. And I said, bro, I'm only picking because I'm picking of what I think is going to happen, and that's what I feel like is going to happen without Joe Burrow. The Bengals are definitely not the same team. Pittsburgh's got a good defense. Yeah. And, yeah, that's why I had to go with it. I just, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout out to my sister for giving me crap on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and you you talked about that defense. I think they picked off Browning once, um, Trenton Thompson mm-hmm. with the pick. I think they had four sacks, two by Watt, one by Hayward, and one by their, I believe, third-round rookie or second-round, third or second-round, I forget which one, but Herbig who he looked like he shot at a cannon when he sacked Browning. Like, I don't even know how Browning didn't seem coming and why he didn't get rid of the ball. But as a Steeler fan, it was incredible to watch that happen. Jake Browning, there was a lot of plays where it's like, why didn't he just get rid of the ball? There was one play in particular that I watched, and I'm like, they are just trying to get Jake Browning killed. <laughs> uh, Drew, Drew Sample is, is set up beside Jonah Williams. Uh, T.J. Watt is on the outside. <laughs> Drew Sample could go and touch T.J. Watt and block him. The ball gets snapped. T.J. Watt comes out. Nobody touches him, and he just blows Jake Browning up. They show the replay, and Drew Sample takes the inside guy, and Jonah Williams is like, whoa, wait, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> then he has to go and try to catch T.J. Watt, which is not a good idea because he's already got a full head of steam and got a head start. And boom, down goes Jake Browning. And I'm like, Drew Sample, you could tell, was scared to death to be across from T.J. Watt at that point in time. And it shows right there. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Oh. It sums it up right there. After they showed the replay of that last week, I was watching it with my dad. And I just looked at him and go, you know, they might want to block him. At least try. Like, like you said, Sample. He was like, no, nah, I want nothing to do with that. It's like at least put a hand on him. Just a hand. You've got to do something. It's TJ Watt, man. But, yeah, that was not good uh, protection right there for Browning. And, and it's crazy. Like, the uh, Bengals, for the longest time in that game, had, what was it, just under 100 total yards. Mixon, yeah. Mixon didn't have a good day on the ground at all. I think he ended with 16. Um, it, the only real big play for the Bengals, I mean, I guess there was two. The tip pass that Jamar Chase somehow caught the first time that went for 40. Yep. And then the yeah. the screen pass um, uh, late in the fourth quarter to Mixon that went for a long distance. Otherwise, yeah. they weren't able to create any explosive plays. Um, Defensive-wise, I mean, you said this last week, the Bengals don't have a real good defense. So I had a feeling that, you know, Pittsburgh was going to be able to get some chunk plays. I just don't think they're going to do it as often as they did, especially to Fryermuth. And then you had the, uh, there was a deep ball to Deontay Johnson. There was a deep ball to George Pickens. But in the red zone, the Steelers had some troubles. You had Jalen Warren fumble, Deontay Johnson not go after the ball. Um, yeah. what was that about? I, <laughs> you just I, quit. <laughs> I, I still, I watched the replay and I'm like, Deontay says he didn't see the fumble. How do you not see it when you turned around and be like, oh, players running with the ball. Oh, bye. And c- go back to your huddle. I'm going back to the huddle for the next play. <laughs> yeah. Like there is no next play because you didn't try to get the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that. And that's what I was thinking too. I was like, Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new strategy on me. 
I mean, I yeah. in live time, I thought Warren was down anyway. And then when they showed the replay, I'm like, he wasn't even close. Right, yeah. And you know that they that, you know, even if they think he's down, you still gotta try to go for the ball just in case. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you um, doing? Yeah. Oh well, that's enough of that recap. There's a victory lap for now, and you'll probably get another one in a few weeks, more than likely. (laughs) Uh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so we'll start with the Sunday games here. And the first game on the matchup right now, holding a playoff spot, the Indianapolis Colts at six and five, traveling Nashville, the Tennessee Titans. Indy is a one-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this AFC matchup? So this one's going to be a little bit interesting. Um, They first met a couple weeks ago. I think I took Tennessee to win, and it ended up being Indianapolis that won. Derrick Henry, I mean, he had a good game last week. I think he had two touchdowns on the ground. But the previous couple weeks, he hasn't been going, you know, what you would consider his normal pace. Um I think if Indianapolis is able to stop the run game, then they have this one in the bag. I'm not going to make the same mistake as I did the first week. I'm going to go with Indianapolis here, and I'm going to take the points. I'm going to go with you, too. Uh, Indy is, you know, kind of getting something going here with uh, Jonathan Taylor on the ground as they beat those low-down Tampa Bay Bucks last week at home. <laughs> uh, Tennessee got a got a pretty big win as well over the uh, one-win Carolina Panthers who fired their coach after the game was over with, <laughs> or not after, but later in the week. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm with you on this too, man. I think that the Colts are going to win. Uh, like I said, Jonathan Taylor's getting things going. Uh, Derrick Henry had two last week too. This game is in Tennessee, but – I still don't trust Will Levis to be consistent enough. Uh, he had a great first game, and since then he's, you know, not been the best. But uh, give me the Colts in this one, and, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they'll cover the spread. Next 1 o'clock matchup, the L.A. Chargers travel to New England to face the New England Patriots, Foxborough. The Chargers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite hmm. gauge. This game right here is, I don't know, the Chargers have been disappointed. What do you think about it? The Chargers have been awful, but the Patriots have been even worse. Um, But, like, watching the game last week for the Chargers against Baltimore Sunday night, uh, the, the Chargers had so many times to be able to go down and score. And they just blew it. They had the one great play with the uh, the lateral. I think it was from Herbert to Allen to Eckler for a first down. But, I mean, you, you got to do more than just one trick play like that to be able to beat Baltimore. This week, they're coming in against uh, a Patriots defense that, while it may be in Foxborough, you, you don't know what their quarterback situation. They might come out and surprise you and say, Bailey Zappi's going to be the starter. Um <laughs> There's been some press conferences with Bill Belichick that he's really avoiding the question of who's going to be the starter each week. And then after the game, you know, why did you make the decision to use both quarterbacks? Was it in the plan and all that type of stuff? And he does his normal Belichick thing in avoiding the question. And I think he's going to have more questions to answer to this week that aren't going to be good because I think Chargers are going to go in the Foxborough. They're going to take the win. But it'll probably be a three or four, three or four point game, so I'm going to go with the Chargers, but go against the spread. Yeah, the Chargers last week in that Baltimore game, uh, they turned the ball over four times. Herbert had a, a pick and a fumble. Eckler and Keenan Allen also lost a fumble in that one. You can't do that against the Ravens, especially you know if you're at home, you don't want to do that. But uh, the Patriots are just. Awful, man. Just two and nine, a Bill Belichick team. You know, it's clear now that Tom Brady was probably what made those Patriots teams go all those years. Uh, Everybody thought that Belichick was the genius, and he has not had anything since Brady has left. But, uh, you know, last week, 10 to seven against the Giants. I know this game's in Foxborough. It's December. You know, there could be snow, whatever. But, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one as well. 
Uh, it's not going to be a very fun game at all. The over-under is 40 and a half. The under is probably going to hit in this one. Absolutely. And I think that they, uh, the Patriots will cover the spread. Like you said, I think it's a field goal game, but it's not going to be a fun one to watch. No, not at all. The, the next matchup, the Detroit Lions coming off of a loss on Thanksgiving, travel to New Orleans to face the New Orleans Saints. Detroit is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this matchup? Oh, this one, probably one of the harder ones to pick this week just because the Lions, for whatever reason, the past couple weeks, they haven't exactly looked the best. Jared Goff has been turning the ball over a lot. Um, they've been able to establish a good run game uh, between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, but you, you never know. Jared Goff could go out and throw no touchdowns and three interceptions, or he could go out and throw four touchdowns and no interceptions. Like, you don't know who, which version of Goff you're going to get. And on the Saints side of things, on paper, this team has the ability to be a Super Bowl caliber team, in my opinion. Between all your weapons on offense, you have very solid players on defense. The only thing holding you back, if you want to say holding you back, is Derek Carr at quarterback. I mean, this team should be doing a lot more than what they are, but they're not. So, uh, man, hard one to pick. I'm going to go the Lions on this one, and uh, I'll take the points. Yeah, why not? Lions and give me the points. Yeah, the Lions come out last week, and like we talked before we recorded here, the Packers just came out and never really lost control of that game. Pretty much dominated from start to finish. Uh, Jordan Love had three touchdowns against them, his career high, and uh, Detroit just struggled from, from the get-go. Saints also, on the other hand, uh, they lost to the Falcons. Desmond Ritter pulled the ball over twice, but still they couldn't get anything going on offense. Carr threw a pick, no touchdowns. Uh, just both of these teams right now, just like you said, they Saints could be a lot better team if, you know, they had a better quarterback play. With that being said, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Detroit on this one because I think that they're overall the better team, and I think they're going to get it back going again. I think that Goff is going to come out and he's going to, you know, not turn the ball over like he was last week. I think this one's going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 46-and-a-half on this one. Ooh. I'm liking I'm liking it to get close to being the over. I don't know if it's going to hit the over, but I like a high-scoring game in this matchup. What do you think? Yeah, I could definitely see it getting into the 40s. I don't know about the over. I think I would still take the under, but it would probably be like if it was 42 and a half, I think I would take the over. But being 46 and a half, I'm going to take the under on that one. Right. Yeah, I think it'll be close to it, but uh, you're probably right on the under there. But I do like Detroit to win, and I think that the Saints will cover. The next matchup, the Atlanta Falcons. Travel to East Rutherford, New Jersey to face the New York Jets. Atlanta is a two-point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, this you know, matchup of the week right here. No, this is going to be awful. <laughs> um, I would love after, like, after Sunday when all the viewership numbers come in and everything, I would love to see how many people actually watch this game. Because I think unless you live in New Jersey or you live in Atlanta, you're not watching this game. Um, but God, can this end in a tie? I mean, <laughs> this is, oh man, uh, the Jets, <laughs> I, I mean, it could, but the chances of that very unlikely, um, the Jets, they have a trash quarterback room and I think that's going to lead to them probably not getting a single win again, the rest of the season, uh, Falcon side of things, Desmond Ritter, I mean, everyone was high on him at the beginning of the season. They made the switch to Heineke. Uh, we especially were high on Heineke. Then they made the change back to Ritter. And it's like, okay, what are you doing this week? I think they're going with Ritter. Not sure, but I think they're starting Desmond Ritter. Um, the, the Jets' defense is solid, but I don't think it's going to be enough to carry this offense. Give me Atlanta in this one. 
and give me the points. Uh, the Jets, uh, this past week, you know, they started last week, they started Tim Boyle at quarterback, and that was not good. Uh, they also have as a backup Trevor Simeon, and then they got Zach Wilson. Uh, we know all about that. But earlier this week, Aaron Rodgers was out tossing the ball around, trying to make a comeback, giving himself a 21-day window to see if he could play again for the rest of the season. Aaron. Uh, Stay home. Do not play. <laughs> Do not come out this early off an Achilles and play for a 4-9 Jets team. Don't do it. Falcons are going to win this game, but it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, go ahead, Gage. I, I was just going to say uh, what you were saying about Aaron Rodgers. Like, don't come back this early. Heal up. Come back next season 100% healthy and ready to go. I mean – like, you need your Achilles to play a professional football game. You need to be able to move around. You need your legs to be able to uh, put power and accuracy behind the ball. Why rush back for a team that, let's face it, they're not going to the playoffs? Absolutely. I mean, it's like, okay, you like you said, you need your Achilles out here. Why rush it back before you are totally ready just to say, hey, I told you so. I told you I could come back off this injury to play for the 4-9 Jets. No, don't do it. Wait till next season. Heal up all offseason, get strong as you can be, and then come out firing next September. With that being said, <laughs> this game right here, which that's the most interesting thing about this game, is three weeks from now if Rodgers is going to play or not. <clears throat> The Falcons beat the, the Saints last week. Desmond Knight Ritter, like you said, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody was high on him. He'd won 30. He was undefeated at home in college and NFL. Once that streak broke, it's been downhill since. He got replaced by Heineke. He's back in for Heineke. Uh, give me the Falcons in this game, and it's not going to be pretty. The over-under is 33 and a half. Probably good to take the under on this one. I would definitely <laughs> hammer the under. But the Falcons win. The Falcons cover the two-point spread. The next 1 o'clock matchup, the Arizona Cardinals travel to Pittsburgh to face the 7-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Gage, are you changing your luck around here with your pick? It, this scares me because uh, I, I said this earlier in the season, I think um, for the Houston game. And I was like, oh, you know, this could be a trap game. And sure enough, Houston came out and blew us out of the water. This week, I'm saying it again, it could be a trap game. Knowing how Pittsburgh plays down to their opponents, knowing that the offense hasn't been good. I mean, they were good last week, but they didn't score many points. Um, I believe Arizona is ranked 31st or 32nd in pass uh, defense. I believe they're 28th against the run. And the Steelers have a a one-two combo in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren that are top five in the league in rushing yards, I believe, since week nine. Um, Oh, boy. The Pittsburgh defense, you know, found out last week, super scary, can cause turnovers, can get sacks. Um, I believe they're getting Minka Fitzpatrick and Montrevious Adams back this week, which is probably good. Uh, they, uh, Arizona has speed on their offense with Hollywood Brown and Greg Dortch, um, Rondale Moore, Kyler Murray, who if you've seen Pittsburgh play against any uh, scrambling quarterbacks in the past, uh, except for Lamar Jackson, um, any other scramble quarterback has torn this team apart. And that's what scares me about this week. It's not Kyler's passing. It's not James Conner, who I think this is Conner's first time playing against Pittsburgh since he's left. So he may be looking for like a, haha, you know, I still got it type game. But I don't think it's going to matter. I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. But being a five and a half spread, knowing how this team plays, I'm going to go with Arizona to cover the spread. So give me Pittsburgh, but I'm not going to take the points. Arizona last week come out and they had a lead. Uh, they took an eight to seven lead on the Rams. 
And then that was it after that. The Rams ended up blowing them out. Uh, that was in the first quarter. Uh, Arizona, you know, did not look all that great. Uh, like you mentioned, Connor, this may be his homecoming for him, coming back to Pittsburgh for the first time. Uh, he only had 27 yards rushing last week. Kyler Murray and them, I don't think they've got completely back in rhythm. They won his first game back. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, uh, like you said, 400 yards of offense for the first time in 58 games <laughs> against the Bengals. Uh, Arizona's defense has a decent defense, uh, I thought, until last week. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they, could, they, maybe they could put up another 400-yard game, 400 game against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, but I don't think the Cardinals are going to have enough offense for that Pittsburgh defense, which I think is one of the you know better defenses in the NFL. Give me Pittsburgh to win this one, and uh, I think that they are going to cover the spread. The next 1 o'clock matchup. These games just keep getting better as I go down the list. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins travel to Landover, Maryland, and the nation's capital, close to it, to face the Washington Commanders. The Dolphins are a 9.5-point favorite. Gage. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, we talked about uh, for the Thanksgiving games, uh, Washington and Dallas is probably going to be uh, the worst game of the uh, night. And it proved to be that because Washington, uh, I guess, decided to stay eating Thanksgiving dinner during their football game. Uh, maybe they had too much turkey and got tired, but they ended up getting blown out of the water. Um, Miami... We know what they're capable of. Raheem Mostert, I think, had two touchdowns uh, Black Friday. Uh, Tua and Tyreek, that connection stays going. I'd like to see them get Jalen Waddle involved a little bit more than what they have. Um, but besides for that, I don't see how Washington can beat this team unless Sam Howell comes out and goes 24 for 24, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, that's why I'm going with Miami on this one. Give me Miami and a nine and a half, kind of a lot of points, but I think they'll be able to cover it. So give me Miami and I'll uh, go with the points on this one. I'm going to go with Miami too, man. They, they cut too much on offense. I feel like I say that every week, but it's just true. I mean, you see them and then they go up against a team like the commanders who the commanders like suck. Every week, unless they play in the Eagles, and when they play the Eagles, they're like, "All right, we're we're Super Bowl runners up here." I mean, we're like in the NFC Championship game right here. I mean, it, they give their all against them, and every other week, it's like, "Yeah, the Bears will blow us out, the Cowboys, you know, all these teams will blow us out, the Giants." And it's like, okay, uh, where does that come from with the Eagles? Why don't we use that same, <laughs> you know, strategy and effort against these other teams? But uh, the Dolphins, they just got too much. Uh, like you said, you'd like to see them get Waddle a little bit more involved. He had over 100 yards last week, him and Tyreek Hill. Uh, most are, you know, two touchdowns. It's just all the speed on that side of the ball. Going to be a, too much for the Commanders. And the Dolphins win, and the Dolphins cover this spread, and the Commanders continue to absolutely stink against teams not named Philly. <laughs> the last 1 o'clock matchup of the week, the Denver Broncos riding a four-game win streak travel to Houston to face the Houston Texans. Houston's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Gabe. What do you think about this matchup? This has got playoff indications in the AFC right now. It does have playoff indications. And after watching or finishing watching um, the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game last week, um, they gave us like uh, the little post game show that they have, and they showed the playoff standings. And I believe Pittsburgh was the sixth seed, I believe, at the time. And right behind them, and the number seven seed was Houston. And Houston last week was playing Jacksonville, and I was rooting for Jacksonville to win. Luckily, uh, Amendola didn't have enough leg on the field goal to be able to give Jackson, yeah, to be able to give Jacksonville the win. And now Indianapolis sits in that last seed in the AFC. Um, ah, 
This one, I mean, Denver's got a great defense. They have been forcing multiple turnovers during their win streak. And it wouldn't surprise me if they keep it up this week. I think everyone expects Houston to win. And probably by a blowout, too. But let me tell you, that's not going to happen. Houston may win, but it's not going to be a blowout. But I'm not going with Houston. I'm going to take the underdog in this one. I'm going to take Denver to hand Houston another loss to pull them back a little bit more out of that AFC uh, playoff race. Um, Obviously, you know, with Houston being the favorites, give me the underdog here. Give me Denver as my underdog pick of the week. Ooh, Denver going five straight wins after this Sunday is what you think. It, it wouldn't surprise well, me with their defense. It, it wouldn't surprise me either. That defense, like you said, has really come on lately, especially for a team that give up 70 points earlier in the season. I know I mentioned that last week, but for a team to do that and then still come out and want to play the rest of the season and not just roll over and, you know, give up you know, an average of like 40 a game, that's you know that's pretty good you know resolve for them to come out and continue to you know get better every week on defense. I mean you can't get much worse than that, but they're really playing like a top you know one of the top defenses in the NFL right now. They're going up against a high-powered Texans offense. Texans you know didn't score a whole lot last week, twenty-one points. Had a shot to win or had a shot to tie to go to overtime, and you know we talked about the old doink there. Uh, but I think. I'm going to go with Houston on this one. Uh, I think that Houston's going to have just enough to get past that Denver defense, and I've, I've got the I've got Houston winning this one, but I don't have them covering. I think it'll be a three point game. C.J. Stroud and Tank Dale, you know that's that seems to be his new favorite target. He also has Nico Collins. Give me the uh, Texans to win this one. You know Denver. With this one, I'll be interested to see what Houston does at the kicker position. Uh, I don't know what the injury for Fairbairn was. I don't know if he was out for the season, if it was just you know a regular IR trip. But they went and signed Amendola, like I said. He went and doinked it. Um, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. He went and got cut by the team to uh, make room for... Oh, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. But it was a defensive player that I think was cut by Philly. I think he was a former first or second round pick. They went and signed him. Currently, um, as far as I know, Amendola has not been re-signed unless it was to the practice squad. So, which means Houston doesn't have a kicker currently. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and re-signed Amendola and just said, okay, we're not putting you out for anything more than 52 yards. But that's gonna be something interesting to keep a uh, keep a look at. The the week that Fairbairn got uh, injured and they was going for two, they brought in the, it was the backup running back. You, maybe they're going to use him as their kicker. It, Do you remember he, he made a kick in the game? He did, but I, I don't know how much leg he has. It might be like, okay, you know, we're within 35 yards. All right, Ogan Balali or whatever your name is, go out there and kick the ball. Why not? Yeah, why not? Or just go for two every time. That you know, that could work too. <laughs> oh, so uh, an update here in the uh, Cowboys game. The Seahawks just got a touchdown, but it looked like it's under review here. It looks like the ball may have hit the ground. It's uh, 20 to 14. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like an incomplete pass. Yeah. So it looks like right there it hits the, it's the ground right there. And, yeah, so uh, – I uh, thought maybe a score for the half there, and it would have been 21-20. But right now, 2014, uh, back to the Pickums, <laughs> the 4 o'clock window. The – man, this is a big one in the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers, just off of firing their head coach, Frank Reich, traveled to Tampa Bay to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is a five-point favorite. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about this matchup? So Carolina, like you said, they went out and fired Frank Reich after starting what one and ten. They also made some other position changes, coaching staff changes. Um, fired their quarterbacks coach, who I didn't realize was their quarterbacks coach, but Josh McCown, who mm-hmm. after realizing he was the quarterbacks coach, I can understand why Bryce Young has sucked. 
Um, <laughs> it, they also, I believe they made one or two other changes. Um, but is that going to be enough? I, I don't know. Um, the Steelers showed last week, you know, firing one coach and making a change can actually help out your team a lot. But in this case of Carolina, I don't think much is going to happen. I mean, they really have not been able to get a run game going between Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. Their pass game been pretty one-dimensional between Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. Um, th- there's not much really you can say about this game. Ah, uh, man. As much as I don't want to pick the Buccaneers, I think I have to here. Um, and I feel like you're going to do the same, and it's going to hurt so much. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. And a five-point spread, I do think they cover. Give me Tampa Bay. Give me the points. Like you mentioned, Pittsburgh fires Matt Canada. They come out and they beat the Bengals with 400-some yards of total offense. Earlier in the season, the Oakland Raiders fire Josh McDaniels. Antonio Pierce takes over. The Raiders come out the first week, and they have a huge win over the Giants. Impressive. This week, Carolina fires Frank Reich. They face those Buccaneers. Those Buccaneers. (laughs) Those Buccaneers. They face them. There's no way that I'm picking Tampa Bay in this matchup. <laughs> Carolina's coming out, and they're going to get their second win of the season. They're all going to be hyped up, rejuvenated with a new coach. I don't even know who the interim coach is. But the Carolina Panthers pull it off in Tampa. Huge upset of the week. Panthers pulling the bucks. Let's go. Oh, wow. You I... – <laughs> I didn't think there was any way <laughs> that you would go with Carolina, but wow. Uh, also, the uh, interim head coach making his coaching debut. Uh, I don't know where he's from, if he coached anywhere else or not, but his name is Chris Tabor. Hey, he gets a win this Sunday. He's already matched what Frank Reich did for 11 weeks. So, <laughs> And if he doesn't, he's only, he's only got one less win than Frank Reich. Oh, my God, so. that's great. <laughs> so the Seahawks here in this game, they have thrown three straight touchdown passes. One was on a review. The second one – I. I missed it. Was there a flag on that to Parkinson? I, I may I missed it too. So I'm not and too then, sure. Well they called it back, whatever it was, and then they throw one to Metcalf oh. here for a touchdown. Three straight touchdown passes. This one had a flag on it. It was offsides, call stands, touchdown Seahawks, and we're gonna be a Seahawks lead heading into the half. Oh wow. Oh, I've never seen a quarterback throw three touchdown passes in a row with only one that counted. But, yeah. I mean, that's incredible. That's DK Metcalf, like you said, on Bland again. He's just getting swallowed up by Metcalf. Yeah, he, he is burning him. Oh, man, this is going to be a good second half here. Interesting to see that one. Yeah, I didn't expect uh, – I did not expect – he did make the field goal. Okay. I didn't expect Seattle to be going – into halftime with a lead. So to say I'm surprised is an understatement. Yeah, me too, man. But uh, here we are. So uh, like I said, it's going to be a fun second half. Uh, so back to the pickums here. I just had to throw that in. I was just watching in real time here. This is one of the better Thursday night games in a while, actually. Yeah, usually. Uh, count. Usually we've had <laughs> some pretty bad primetime games. So. <laughs> It's good to get one on primetime. <laughs> the next 425 matchup, which could be a game of the week, the Cleveland Browns travel to L.A. to face the L.A. Rams. The Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Gage, Joe Flacco may potentially be starting for the Browns this Sunday. What I, do you think about this matchup? I completely forgot that DTR got hurt this past week until you just said that. That didn't even cross my mind, but now that it has, oh, no. Uh, 
the Rams last week, I know it was against Arizona, but they were able to get that run game going. They had 228 total rushing yards between uh, Royce Freeman, Kyron Williams, Matt Stafford scrambling a bit. Kyron Williams had a huge game, 146 on the ground, 61 through the air, two touchdowns. You, you couldn't ask for a better return. And I know when we made the picks last week, I brought up, you know, is Kyron going to have a snap count? Is he going to be, you know, watched heavily to make sure nothing goes wrong? That didn't seem to be the case here. Uh, and they, I, they blew Arizona out of the water. This week they faced a little bit of a tougher defense that I believe, you know, the Cleveland Browns defense is, if I have my stats right, they are on pace to allow the fewest points per game this season since the 2008 Steelers defense. Uh, I don't know what that number is, but for the lowest point since 08, which was, uh, what, 15, 16 years ago, pretty good considering how good that defense was. But you look at the offensive side, like you said, Joe Flacco, washed, old, um, you should go play in like a, a men's pick 'em league or pick 'em game, pick up league, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he, yeah, that, go play, go play turkey bowl and throw touchdowns uh, against kids. I don't know what to tell you because that's the only way Flacco's going to be successful. I know the Rams defense isn't that good. I don't think that matters this week. I'm going to go with the Rams. Hopefully an AFC North opponent loses again. Give me the Rams. Give me the points. Like you've mentioned, the Browns defense is a, a great defense. Uh, but on offense, they've got nothing. Uh, Watson, them, they seem like they kind of get something going there when they beat the Ravens a few weeks ago. Nick Chubb was a big loss for him. Watson's a big loss for him. Miles Garrett said he heard something pop the other day which is would hurt that defense, but I guess he's still on schedule to play this Sunday. Mm-hmm. But if he is out, I mean, that's a big difference for the Browns there. I know they still got a lot of other pieces on defense. It's not just Miles Garrett show. The Rams, on the other hand, looked really good last week against the Cardinals. It was against the Cardinals, but I think one of us picked the Cardinals to win last week. I don't know who done that. <laughs> Silly person. <laughs> you had mentioned on the podcast that uh, the Rams needed to get Kyron Williams going again. Maybe he was on a snap count, and you said if they could, they looking pretty good. You picked the Rams to win that one. I'm going to go with the Rams this week as well. Uh, I think maybe some of that Cleveland Brown hates coming out, but if Joe Flacco is the one quarterbacking, I feel pretty good about the Rams winning, and I feel uh, pretty good about the Rams covering the three and a half points. I think that they they get about a touchdown win over them. They're not going to score a whole lot on that Browns defense. But that Browns offense isn't going to score a whole lot either. Uh, give me the Rams in this one. Uh, and also with that Browns offense, Amari Cooper, he left last week. I believe it was a rib injury. Don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, I think he's still questionable currently. Um, and even if he does, they may heavily monitoring him since he is their number one receiver. And if they lose him, that would be a huge hit. Not that, you know, they haven't taken enough already, but – uh, it would be a huge hit to the Browns offensive wise. Oh yeah, I mean who are they? I mean their top receiver at that point is probably their tight end Najoku, <laughs> and- right? And I was seeing the other day. I was just noticing you notice names and stuff. I hadn't heard this name all year, and I just happened to look on the Lions game and on the sidelines, I see Peoples Jones, and I was like, huh. Well, I forgot all about that trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not getting any run there. No, I mean he was a really only good in like their uh, punt return game. Sometimes in the kick return, mm-hmm. but like last year, People's Jones, I think he had three punt return touchdowns. I could be making that number up, but it seemed like he had quite a few <laughs> last year. And then he gets traded. He was probably number two on that Cleveland team between him and Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Two and three, um, you could have went either way. Then he gets traded to a team that's full of wide receivers between Amon Ra, uh, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Jameson Williams. There's no real use for him unless someone gets hurt. I feel bad for the guy, but it's like uh, at least you, you kind of went to a winner. Yeah, you're you're playing on Thanksgiving, and uh, you're probably getting a pretty good paycheck to stand over there and uh, 
be on the practice squad, you know. <laughs> do, do whatever it is that he's doing. Yeah, whatever it is he's doing. I, you know, whatever. He's on, I saw him on the sideline, so he's there at least. <laughs> don't know don't know if he's playing water boy or what, but he's at least there. <laughs> he's there. He's by the coolers. The this is probably the matchup of the week. This is an NFC championship rematch and could be an NFC championship preview for this year. The San Francisco 49ers travel to Philadelphia to face the Philadelphia Eagles. San Francisco is a three-point favorite in Philly. Gage, what do you think about that? San Francisco's the favorite in Philly? What? San Francisco is the favorite in Philly, yes. Uh, that is ridiculous. Um, now, I know, you know, Philly played Buffalo last week. The game went to overtime. Some very controversial calls on it. Josh Allen did a 15-yard penalty. I don't know why. Um, after the guy did what looks like a horse color tackle, then you look at it and it actually wasn't. Allen somehow gets the penalty for it. Seems like the Eagles have been the least penalized team under, I believe it's uh, Sean Hockley's crew. Not saying there's something fishy going on there, but I may be saying there's something fishy going on there. Uh, San Francisco side of the ball, they've been great since Debo has come back. Um, Debo had a touchdown last week. Uh, I believe it was a rushing touchdown, but it was still a touchdown. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think, got in the end zone. Um, extend extend his uh, two-game touchdown streak, I believe it is now. Trying to get him yes. going again. Starting um, a new one. The Niners, unlike last year when they faced Philly in the championship game, the Niners have a quarterback. I probably just jinxed Brock Purdy, and if so, I'm sorry. Um, I Josh Johnson this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as bad as I want Philly to lose because it's a Pennsylvania thing. You you like one of the Pennsylvania teams, you hate the other. I, I don't. I don't think. Philly loses this game. I think AJ Brown gets back on track this week. They keep Devonta Smith um, going in the game. I could see those two going for over a hundred against this 49ers defense. Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, ever since he's really come in the league, he's been able to show uh, how he can move the ball just with his legs. DeAndre Swift has been pretty good this year. I think a lot better than what people expected. I'm going to go Philly on this one. Um, going back to when I first started, you know, I, I can't believe Philly's the underdog. Um, not underdog pick of the week because Denver takes that slot. But I'm going to go Philly on this one and obviously uh, go against the points. Like you mentioned, Philly, you know, squeaked one out last week against the Bills in a torrential downpour for most of the game. Uh, there was not much passing going on in that first half at all. Uh, Philly ended up coming down the field, and Hurts just like scrambled right in to win the game there in overtime. Uh, that way, the Bills can't cry that you know they didn't get a shot in overtime. They had their shot, kicked a field goal, and then give up a touchdown. So, you know, a few years ago when they was crying about the Chiefs, you know, got no complaints now. Anyways, uh, the Eagles win that game. I am shocked that they are a three-point underdog at home with a 10-1 and record. 49ers, like you said, since Debo has come back, they have been back to the way they were to start the season when they started out 5-0. and Then they hit that three-game losing streak. Another key piece, I believe, that has helped the 49ers is left tackle Trent Williams uh, coming back. He was also out during that three-game period, at least two of the three games. It's just a difference maker for Brock Purdy's blind side right there. Uh, Purdy's had a perfect passer rating a couple of weeks ago. Of course, it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but <laughs> he's played pretty consistent, and as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, San Francisco, I believe, will come out and they will win this game against Philly on the road. They're going to push. It's going to be a push. It's going to be a close game, but I like San Francisco to win this. 
And this, once again, could be a potential matchup in the NFC Championship game once again this year. Uh, like you said, as long as you didn't jinx Brock Purdy earlier. <laughs> uh, that, that was a big issue last year in the championship. Uh, they had to play Josh Johnson. Uh, hopefully they have – you know, Sam Darnold is a little bit better of a backup than that, so they would at least be able to throw the ball. But uh, give me the Niners to win this game on the road as the favorites. The next matchup, which could be a sneaky matchup here, the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Green Bay to face the Green Bay Packers. Kansas City's a six-point favorite. Gage, is it supposed to snow in Lambeau this week? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm not a meteorologist. <laughs> I don't predict the weather. Even if I was a meteorologist, I'd still probably be wrong because most of them are. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, God, we were talking a little bit before this about the Packers and how Jordan Love the past two weeks has been incredible. Um, I think he's thrown for almost 600 yards. I think he's just under in those two games. He's thrown, I think, five touchdowns. Um, He showed last week, especially against the Lions, he can use his legs to run. And his completion percentage has been near the 70% mark in the last two games, bringing his uh, season total over that 60% mark, which is that threshold where I brought up a couple weeks ago that people are saying, you know, if you can't be above 60%, are you a real NFL quarterback? I think he took that to heart. He's been able to uh, complete a lot more passes. Kansas City has been having some troubles. They don't have that good of a defense. Um, yeah, they don't really have a number one receiver. Uh, the rookie Rashi Rice, I mean, he's good, but he doesn't have the experience. When you go back to the Kansas City Philly game a couple weeks ago, and Marquez Valdez Scantling drops the go ahead touchdown and probably the game winning touchdown as he got past uh, the D back, I-, I don't, man. The only way for Kansas City to win this is if the Mahomes and Kelsey connection is back full strength. Green Bay knows that that is the only way that they can win this game. I think Green Bay is able to stop it this week. I won't be surprised to see Jordan Love go back out there and throw for three more touchdowns, 300 yards, get that completion uh, percentage up a little bit more. I'm going to go with Green Bay on this one. Uh, they're at home. The winter, if it does snow, maybe a factor. I know Arrowhead gets some snow sometimes, but Green Bay, they're used to playing in those conditions. Give me Green, Green Bay on this one. Give me the underdog. Ooh. Green Bay last week, like we said, dominated the lines for the most part of the game. It was never really in doubt. Detroit never seemed like they were in the game with all the you know turnovers and stuff that Goff was having, uh, the, the fumbles. Green Bay, can they get a running game going with that passing game? Uh, A.J. Dillon last week, he only they only ran the ball like 22 times, and Jordan Love had 39 yards rushing, had 200-some-more yards passing. Uh, the Chiefs last week uh, beat the Raiders, uh, you know, kind of handled them a little bit, wasn't really much of a game. I think that the if it was – like you said, the snow, it, you know, you get snow in Arrowhead, too. It's not, you know, going to be that big of a difference if there is snow there. It wouldn't be like if the Dolphins were going up to Green Bay or, or something like that. But I think that the Chiefs will win this game. I don't think that they cover. I think that they win by about three. Uh, I think Mahomes and Kelsey will get it going. Uh, the big question, again, once again with the Chiefs, is Taylor Swift going to be in Green Bay in this cold this week? Has or she, has she like <laughs> not been to the past few weeks? Because it's like Kelsey had that one big game where he had what twelve catches, a hundred plus yards, and a score. And it's like ever since then, Taylor Swift has disappeared off the face of the earth. Travis Kelsey has been doing bad. Did they break up? What's going on? That's a good question. Did they break up? Because we haven't heard a whole lot about them lately. I know she's on tour, I believe, in some other continent, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm making that up. You know, I'm not the biggest Swifty, but I think I heard that somewhere, and that's why she's not been at these games. And maybe that's why Kelsey's not been playing too good, or maybe they've split up. That- and that's why Kelsey's not playing good. And if that's the case, 
The Chiefs are in trouble. I mean, if they are still together, I think Taylor just needs to tell Travis, you know, he needs to just shake it off and play good back on the field again. I agree. And, and you know, it's it's love story is what this is, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's that's what it is. But like you said, just shake it off. Uh, my homes and my auto, I think that they'll get things going and, and win this game on, on Sunday night. Oh, my homes and my auto. That commercial always <laughs> makes me laugh. Oh. That, that one does. He's like, how come he can't change his name to Kelsey? Kelsey, how much you can save on home and auto by flipping the state farm? <laughs> it's like, it's like oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because we can't fit that on the back of the jersey. I would love to see that try and like happen though. Just fit all of that on the jersey and see how small you have to make the letters. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you mentioned that commercial there, one of my favorite commercials they play now is the Fansville commercials with the Dr. Pepper. Oh yes. And it's the, it's the one where they're all standing around and they're watching the game, and it's like they just starts and all of a sudden like they the girl knocks over a drink. And then the next one comes over. She says, I made all this food for nothing. <laughs> Smacks all the popcorn off. The guy goes out and he says, I always fall, always fall for the preseason hype. And then he's lighting a match and lighting all this stuff on fire. And he says, I'm never watching football again. And it pans over to the sheriff and he's like, guys, that was the first play of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude's like, maybe we overreacted. Uh, I, I, I get a kick out of it every time. I don't know who wrote that commercial, but they need a pay raise because that's awesome. Oh, man. That's that's me through the second quarter of a Bengals game. I'm like, I'm never watching football again. I'm out there halfway burning my stuff. And it's like they just started the second quarter. It's all right. you know. <laughs> Flipping the channel, see what other games are on, see what's happening. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like you said, whoever made that, hats off to you. It was great. <laughs> Good commercial. Oh, so we'll get back into the pickums here. We'll get to our last pickem of the week. Uh, the Monday night game. The hmm. Cincinnati Bengals. Can they flex out of this? Travel to Jacksonville to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville is an eight and a half point favorite. Gage, what do you think about this matchup? So, being able to watch uh, Cincinnati last week against Pittsburgh, I will give Jake Browning this compliment. He didn't look scared in the pocket. He looked like, uh, you know, a full – he looks like he's been playing for years. Obviously, he has through college and stuff, but in the NFL, he looks like he's been playing for years. Being able to just sit back in the pocket and not – um, worrying if your first look gets taken away. Being able to go through his progressions, and he was able to move a little bit when he had to. Like we said a little bit earlier, not getting rid of the ball as much as he should have, but I think that comes with time, that comes with practice, and he may be able to do a little bit better this week, getting an, another full week of practice in with the starters. But the Jacksonville side of the ball Calvin Ridley, for whatever reason, has been able to play football again for the last two weeks. Um, Christian Kirk, went, I believe he went over 100 yards last week. ETN, you know, he had a, a, a not-so-like game. Um, their backup, I forget his name, but I believe he was the leading rusher for the team. Um, if not, it was pretty darn close. Uh, uh I want to give it to Cincinnati just because I I feel bad for the Bengals, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Jacksonville, but eight points is a lot. We don't really know, you know, just like a couple other teams in the league. We don't know what Jacksonville team is going to show up. Is Trevor Lawrence going to go and throw no touchdowns, one touchdown, or is he going to go out and throw two to Calvin Ridley and throw one to Christian Kirk? We have no idea, which is why I'm going to go with Jacksonville as my pick, but I'm not going to take the points. Like you said, Jacksonville last week, they come out and they they beat Houston. ETN didn't have an ETN-like game. Calvin Ridley had a pretty good game. Christian Kirk had a pretty good game. Lawrence threw for over 350-some yards. 
360 yards, touchdown, threw a pick. Jacksonville won. Jacksonville eight and three ahead, you know, leading that division, probably going to win that division. Cincinnati, on the other hand, we all know the issue with the Bengals there. Like you said, a compliment for Jake Browning. He looked comfortable back there. Sometimes he looked a little too comfortable. <laughs> and that was the problem with him holding on to the ball a little too long. Uh, there was a couple of plays like uh, when, you know, we mentioned earlier, T.J. Watt right there in his face as soon as he gets the ball that he couldn't do anything about. And he took that like a champ, got right back up, played the next play. Uh, that was me. They would have had to roll me off the field. Uh, would have been done for if T.J. Watt would have nailed me like that. Bengals last week didn't have a very good running game at all. Joe Mixon couldn't get nothing going. So the Bengals did not have T. Higgins. This week, T. Higgins is, says that he's 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. That will help any quarterback throwing. If you have a healthy T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, all there. I am going to roll with – this is going to make my sister a lot happy after giving me a whole bunch of stuff on Thanksgiving last week for going against the Bengals. Give me the Bengals in an upset win on Monday night in Jacksonville to win straight up by a field goal at the wow. end. The Bengals pull off the big upset. And if they don't, well, I guess I'm probably not – Gonna pick the Bengals. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals. Let's go. Who day? It, it was interesting. <laughs> you talked about having T. Higgins back this week. Without T. Higgins last week, Jamar Chase he kind of got locked up by the the rookie corner Joey Porter Jr. I think he in man coverage only had two catches. I don't know how many yards, but only two catches against them. It'll be interesting to see this week with a full, healthy wide receiver core what the Bengals are able to do. I still think you're limited with Jake Browning um, if he goes to kind of what he did last week against Pittsburgh and only looking Jamar's way a little bit could turn into an interception like it did last week. But uh, I I think this is going to be a close game. But I'm still going to go with Jacksonville. I'm still keeping my pick. I totally understand it, and mine's a little homerish, of course, but, you know, it is what it is, and uh, we'll just see how it goes then. Uh, it, it should be a, another good week of NFL football. Anytime we get NFL football, it's a good week. Uh, the Seahawks just scored again. <laughs> it's 28-20 to 20 now, and they are, man, the, they are about to, I don't know. It's the, old, it's the throwback unis, I think, is what's doing it for them. Geno just run one in. And Michael Parsons is not happy. I think it's between that and the fact that Dallas hasn't beat a team with a a winning record this year. And if this game keeps going the way that it's going, it's going to stay the same. Dallas's only wins are going to come against teams that are under 500. Yeah, that is a very underrated stat that people have not brought up a whole lot with the Cowboys lately with their, you know, all these wins that they've been getting in these blowouts none against the winning record team. So we'll see how the rest of the game goes, man. Uh, Thanks for hopping on, making some more picks this week. We'll see if we can continue that streak again next week. What game, Gage, are you looking most forward to this week? So uh, there's a couple good ones this week. Uh, mm, I'm going to go with – this is hard to pick from. I'm going to go Green Bay and Kansas City. I think – I know I talked about it a little bit. Jordan Love has been incredible. Patrick Mahomes, you watch him, you know he's going to do something cool. So I, I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to hopefully Jordan Love being able to ball out, Travis Kelsey being able to ball out. Both help my fantasy teams. Let's hope for that. Looking at it as a great game for this week. Mine is going to be the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Uh, Like I said, it was a rematch of last year's NFC Championship. Could be a preview of this year's. This game, it's still shocking to me that San Francisco is a three-point favorite in Philly. Even though I picked San Francisco, the line there, I thought for sure it would be Philly. But that's the one I'm most looking forward to this week. 
the bye week teams, the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Giants, the Ravens. And four of them teams, you know, good thing they're on a bye. The Ravens and the Bills are the only two teams that are good, to, decent to good. Uh, Ravens are really good. The Bills are, eh. The rest of them teams, yeah, it's probably good they're on a bye. Well, and I think, you know, Bills, especially earlier today, they took a big hit on the defensive side of the ball with Von Miller. Um, yes turning himself into police. He was released on bond um, after there was a warrant issued for him. Is he going to get a suspension from the NFL? It wouldn't surprise me. You turn yourself in, chances are that you knew you were guilty of the crime. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me to see him get a suspension. For how long? Don't really know. But that could be something to keep a close eye out on. Yeah, and, you know, they're on a bye week this week, so obviously it wouldn't affect anything going on this week. But, uh, yeah, just like you said, turns itself in. That that says a whole lot right there. Uh, but, yeah, that situation's not good, not good at all. But, uh, yeah, that is what it is, I guess. And then also I'm looking forward a couple weeks in advance. Uh, week 15, the NFL today announced three Saturday games, which is something that I don't think – Maybe we've never had it. I know we've had some Saturday games, but usually it's only for playoffs. But week 15, you're going to have the Vikings-Bengals. So you'll be looking forward to that one. And then you're going to have the Steelers and Colts. um, And then the Broncos-Lions. I think those are three games that will actually be good. So I'm looking forward to that on a Saturday. Yeah, uh, it's good, you know, when we get to Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night games. Throw in a Friday again, you know, Friday, last Friday, Black Friday football. It's nice, even though it was the Jets. <laughs> nice to have. Yeah, you know, I feel like they could have gave us a, a somewhat of a better game, but like you said, still nice to have football for five days in a row. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, they can't all be great, I don't reckon. But uh, here we go. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, thanks for hopping on again, and uh, we'll see you next week, man. All righty. Good luck this week, and I'll talk to you later. Uh, Same to you, man, and uh, we'll see you. Yay!